0: Outside of Psalms 23, this is probably one of the most notable or at least most known psalm in the church world. And so I'm going to read it tonight, the entirety of it, and then minister the word of the Lord. The Bible says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Amen. I really don't know what to call this here tonight. I've been having struggles here all day. Amen. Just for the sake of having a title, we'll just call it Breath is Life. And we'll go forward here tonight. I want you to sincerely stretch your hand up here tonight and pray for me that God would help me. Amen. In the next few moments, Father, I come to you. God, I'm asking God for your help, Lord Jesus, here this evening. I pray, oh God, that you have to minister, Lord, each and every soul, each and every mind. God, that you're able, Lord God, that your will and your perfect way be done. God, I don't have the ability, God, to woo anybody. I don't have the ability, Lord Jesus, to instill anything, God, within a heart or soul here tonight. But, God, you do. It's not by might nor by power, but, God, it is by your spirit. I pray, O oh God, today, Lord, let your spirit do its work. God, if I could just hide in the shadows of your spirit, if I could just hide in the shadows, Lord, of your work and your command, I pray, oh, Lord, today, God, that would be my, Lord Jesus, God, desire. Lord, help us, God, here this evening. God, we'll praise you and we'll thank you, God, for what you do. Lord, for your purpose and your plan, God, to be executed in this place. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen, and the church say amen. God bless you. Shake someone's hand as you're seated tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, and you may be seated. Eighteen times a minute. 1,080 times an hour, 25,920 times a day. We breathe air in and we breathe air out. Yet we rarely ever notice what we're doing in the moment. If you're 40 years old, like I am, you have already taken more than 378 million breaths in your lifetime. Breathing is the only autonomous system of the body that we can also have control over how often as children growing up with siblings or perhaps just other kids of the neighborhood, how often as kids have we contest to see who could hold their breath the longest. And it seemed like no time had passed at all, although it seemed like an eternity even that we're <clears throat> gasping for that first breath of air in order to take it back in our system, we realized we couldn't do it quite as long as we thought we could. As a kid, I had a pretty bad temper that still under the right circumstances can show up. But as a kid, there were times, and my sisters can probably attest to this, but if they did something that I did not like my temper, I would allow it to get on me, in me, around me, and I would knock the breath out of one of my sisters. Now, I would comically say or tell other people telling the story that dad would then come very shortly and knock the breath out of me. But it's scary whenever you lose your breath, when you can't get your breath. Every new parent can identify with walking into the room of that newborn and that infant as they're sleeping and just standing there in the darkness with a little light, watching to see if the chest of the child... Is rising and falling with each breath. We do that as new parents because we want to make sure they're breathing. Because they're sleeping so good and they're so settled. We're worried that that newborn might not be alive. Just something that you do. Just something that you do. A technique still a part of CPR today. We have gentlemen that can attest to this. Is mouth to mouth resuscitation. May not be as dominant as it used to be. Chest compressions from my understanding is the way to go more than not, but mouth to mouth resuscitation is still an option, and it's definitely the option if the cause for the collapse is associated with some type of lack of breathing. Because whenever that breath of life can get in the body and it can get oxygen in the blood, it's then the compressions that can get that oxygen to the brain. The book of Job is littered with verses how breath is life and its presence or its absence separates the living from the dead. Just the breath. Job said in Job 12 and verse number 20, he is speaking of God. Job 12 and verse number 10 rather, he says, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. He says in chapter 27, verses 3 through 4, Job says, All the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. He says, While there's breath in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. He's speaking in a parallel Ism there he's saying the breath of God is the spirit of God in me he says and when it's there I'm not going to allow my lips to be speaking wickedness or deceit I'm going to use them for what they were created to be used for because of the breath the word breath in the Old Testament in the Hebrew is Ruah it almost as though it's telling you even with the the, the sound and the expression of the Hebrew word Ruah that there's that breath That is being pronounced forth that breath can also mean not just a breath but a wind it means life it means spirit amen it is that breath that is life that wind that is life that spirit that is life job said in job 33 and 4 the spirit of god hath made me and the breath of the almighty hath given me Life. Elihu speaks in Job 34 verses 14 through 15. If he set his heart upon man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, speaking of God, if God would choose to gather his spirit or more plainly if God would choose to gather his breath, all flesh shall perish together and man shall be turned again unto dust. Whenever you skip over to the prophets, the Bible has a very popular setting of scripture of Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, the primary message of Ezekiel 37 is plainly this. Yes, there's the valley of dry bones. And yes, they are scattered here and abroad. And yes, it is a picture of the nation of Israel. But the primary message of Ezekiel 37 was this. It was getting breath into the bodies. That's the primary message that the vision that Ezekiel saw, that he came down and seen the bones strewn everywhere. The primary message that God had for him in that vision is that we got to give breath in the bodies. Why? So that they might live God tells the bones through the prophet Ezekiel he's speaking the word of the Lord bones hear the word of the Lord God tells the bones that he will lay sinew upon them and flesh upon them and he will cover them with skin but before he says any of that he tells those bones that he will cause breath to enter into them. Before they've even assembled. Before they've even come together. Before there's any skin muscle, tenon. Before there's any seizing of any side side of structure. God says I'll cause breath to come into you and ye shall win, live. The Bible says thus saith the Lord God into these bones behold I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you he says it again and ye shall live and ye shall know that i am the lord in other words before there was a structure before there was a skeletal structure before there was any of that god was focusing on the breath because it is the breath that gives the life you can have sinew and have no life you can have flesh and have no life you can have skin but that doesn't connote life it's only the breath That brings the life. (laughs) You can live. You can go through this life. You can live with somewhat of a broken structure. You can break a bone. There's been people whose bodies have been totally mangled in accidents. Amen. And they are capable, if you will, of making it just because their structure is broken or in shambles. They can go on and live. But there's no one that can escape something like that without breath and live. Because the breath is the lie. See, there's this concept that's repetitive in Ezekiel 37. We see it over and over again that breath equals life or the absence of breath equals death. You can look at the progression in Ezekiel 37. I I ask you and I invite you to look at Ezekiel 37 in your Bibles. Whenever you look at verse 5, he is speaking to the bones and telling them that they shall live because he's going to breathe breath in them. He tells them in verse 6 again, ye shall live. When you get to verse number 8, he just says exactly what he sees and what the condition is there was no breath in them he's telling them you shall live but there's no breath in them but when you come to verse 9 the Bible says then said he unto me that is Ezekiel prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say to the wind thus saith the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live ye shall live, ye shall live, there is no breath in you to they may live, and by the time we get to verse number 10, the Bible says the wind came, the breath came, and the Bible says they lived, because of the breath, everybody say breath, Adam was a form of a man in creation, the Lord taken of the dust of the earth, The Bible says prior to him doing that, a mist went up from the ground, had watered the whole earth. But the Lord puts his hands in that soil, puts his hands in that misty dust, if you will. And he creates Adam. He creates mankind. But Adam at that stage was nothing but the form of a man. He had all the appendages of a man. The hair was there. The skin was there. The muscle tone upon his body was there and could be seen but Adam at this particular moment in time is not active Adam at this particular moment in time he is not mobile he is not active because he is not alive at best he is a corpse at best he is just a carcass but the Bible says in Genesis 2 7 that whenever God breathed into his nostrils that form of a man that skeleton of a man that corpse of a man amen that man became a living soul whenever he got not his first breath that came from God. Someone say amen. And so whenever we get to the part that God puts man in the Garden of Eden, God did not put a breathless man into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it because a breathless man cannot do anything. A breathless man cannot act. A breathless man cannot reason. A breathless man cannot move. A breathless man cannot communicate. And so before God put man in the garden, he put the breath in the man. Before God commanded Adam to dress it and keep it, he equipped him with life in order to accomplish it. Someone say amen. So whenever I come to Psalms 150 and the Bible says, as the psalmist would say, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. It is not recommending praise. It is not suggesting praise. It is not putting forth praise as an alternative. It is not putting praise as a multiple choice option to be contemplated. It is a commandment to praise the Lord. Just like God commanded Adam to dress the garden and keep the garden, God commands us to praise him. And God can only command a breathing Adam to dress it and keep it because a breathless Adam couldn't do it. And so God commands a breathing segment of society, a breathing people to praise him because the Bible says the dead praise not the Lord. Someone say, breath of life. Breath of life. life. So as it was in Genesis, so it is in the Psalms. God has commanded what he has equipped us for. God has commanded what he has equipped us for. Thirteen times in Psalms 150. Thirteen times in six verses we are commanded to praise the Lord. Psalms 150, we've at times in the history of this church have started out services with Psalms 150. Woo, man, people have rallied. We've had them hit the cymbals. We've had Sister Mason blow on the trumpet. We've had Brother Mason hit the keys on the keyboard, strings, instruments, and pluck the guitars. Yeah. My God, we've leaned upon Psalms 150 because Psalms 150 answers a lot of the questions concerning praise. Psalms 150 answers the question of where we should praise the Lord. He said you should praise him in his sanctuary. Says you should praise him where? In the firmament of his power. Psalms 150 answers the why we should praise the Lord. You should praise him, you know, uh, for his mighty action. You should praise him according to his excellent greatness Psalms 150 answers to how we should praise the Lord praise him with the trumpet with the psaltery with the harp with the timbrel with the dance with the string instruments with the organs with the loud and the high cymbals but ultimately what it answers is who should praise the Lord let everything that hath breath praise the Lord someone say amen but I fear what we have done is that we concentrated more on the tool. We, 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 we've concentrated more on the how than the who. All the items, the organ, the trumpet, the stringed instruments, all the items that are listed, listed there are nothing more but accompanying tools, if you will, in order to praise God Capitalized letters here with. You hear me? Things that we praise God with. But primarily, someone say, Me. I am the one that praises God. Not the trumpet, not the cymbal, not the stringed instrument, not the guitar, not the organ. My God, I am the one that praises the Lord. This past week we've had three to four guitars on the stage, a bass, a drum set, amen, all this stuff, my goodness, we could praise the Lord if we just had a few more trumpets. We could praise the Lord if we just had a few more stringed instruments. We could praise the Lord if we just had a few more dances or a few more timbrels. Ah, folks, it's not the tools that praise the Lord, it's the person behind the tool. That tool wouldn't be able to do one single thing if it wasn't for the person, if there wasn't a person blowing wind into a woodwind instrument, there would be no sound ushering forth. It takes breath for some instruments, even to make us sound. Some would say amen. Those are just tools. But ultimately, it's the people. When you read the scripture, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Other renditions and translations say it like this. Let every breath praise the Lord. Let all breath praise the Lord. David Guzik said it like this He said, Everything that breathes should give its praise to the one who gave it breath. <laughs> When we realize that Psalms 150 this is coming to a climax. This is coming to a crescendo if you will for the psalmist. Because Psalmist David he has written about his woes. He's written about his distress. He's written about being on every side attacked by an adversary. He's written about doubt whether or not he can make it in his foot and I slipped. He has written about his trouble. He's written about his persecution. He's written about being the odds are against him. He's written about all this but the last five chapters of psalms uh, he is on a ascent he's on the way to hallelujah to praise the lord type of scenario listen whenever you understand that this psalm in particular the writing of it dates back to the time uh, during the time that there is the restoration of the house of israel back in the time of ezra and nehemiah they've already went through their captivity they've went through their 70 years uh, of being under the thumb of an oppressor and now they're able to return back home build the temple again build the wall again build their houses again frequent the altar again go in before the Lord and worship again when you understand this song being written during that time frame we got to understand that now the song and the instruments and the praise was all being re-established after captivity after Babylon after Assyria now you remember what happened in Babylon the Bible said they hung their harps on a willow they weren't going to sing any song. But now we're talking after all that's been said and done, somebody's grabbing their harp again off the willow. But some, somebody's grabbing their harp again off the willow. And the song and the praise is coming back to life. Someone say Amen. There's praise. And that is a good indicator of life. And that life come. And comes from God. Look at the scripture. Hold you long tonight, just long enough. Jeremiah 10 and verse 14. Look at the word of the Lord. Every man is brutish in his knowledge, every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood. And there is, everybody look at it now, no breath in them. Just walk with me here for a little bit. One of the characteristics, or rather one of the lacking features of idols, of gold, silver, and wood is as Psalms 135 verse 17 records, whenever it records concerning those idols. And that is, neither is there any breath in their mouths. They have all the anatomical features of the living. Hands have they. Eyes have they ears have they noses have they they have all the anatomical features of the living of created things but they have mouths and can't speak they have eyes and they can't see ears and they can't hear and notably he says they lack breath they lack breath because breath comes from God and breath separates the living from the dead And thus God commands praise from the living and not the dead as a result of that. As I said to you already, the Lord plainly said in Psalms 115 and verse 17, the dead praise not the Lord. But, folks, that's more than just a real practical thought for us to wrap our minds around. I submit to you tonight that that is a spiritual thought that we must wrap our minds around. Because the Bible spoke in the New Testament of Israel. He spoke in the New Testament of his people that would come to a place that they, similar to idols, would have eyes and yet not see. That they, similar to idols, would have ears and but would not hear. That they would have minds, but they would lack understanding. Amen. And then in the Old Testament for the idol, that they would have mouths. Amen. Yet they would be without breath. Let me submit to you tonight. If you get in a place like the New Testament writer is writing about Israel and some of those people that had eyes but wouldn't see, ears and would not hear. Whenever you get to the place That you cannot or will not surrender praise. When you cannot or rather will not surrender praise. Then you are testifying by not doing that. That you are without breath. That makes us as a people then. No better than the eye. say amen. amen no better than than the idols that had hands but couldn't touch and ears that couldn't hear and eyes that couldn't see. Honey, whenever you don't praise the Lord, you're testifying to heaven that you're a breathless being. And God says that those that have all the anatomical features of the living and have no breath, those are those things that I deem as an idol. And the problem that God has with idols is this. Idols don't give praise. They want to receive praise. Oh, someone say amen. And so whenever I assume the position of not rendering my breath in praise to God, I assume the characteristic of an idol. I'm not here to offer it, but I'll stand sure to receive it. Just pour it on me, Lord. Let somebody say it about me over here. And God hates idols. He detests idols. He speaks against them. He overthrows them. He destroys them because they don't give praise. They're seeking praise. Someone say, man, uh, 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 I'm no man. Folks, whenever I assume that position, I'm no better than the stone and the wood and the silver and the gold of a Canaanite, amen, or Egyptian idol god over here that was made by the hands of men. You remember what Psalm says, Psalms 115 and Psalms 135, when it goes through that list of all those anatomical features of idols and it gets to the end. It says those that make them are likened to them and so are those that trust them or rather so are those that worship them. If I come into a place that I want to act like a breathless person then I'm acting like what I am truly worshiping and that must be the idol Because you will act, you will act like what you worship. You will act like, and there's a difference between praise and worship, but you will act like what you worship. And so if there's no praise to God, then you must be worshiping something other than God. But if there's praise issuing from your mouth, you have breath, and that breath is life, and that life came from God, and you're just giving back to him what he's given to you. someone clap their hands right now to the Lord someone clap your hands right now to So what are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying, let me be a Ezekiel in my day and tell you, we can have the skeleton, we can have the sinew, we can have the structure, we can have the bone and the marrow and the tendon and the muscle. But honey, that's not where it's at. It's not alive unless it has breath. It's not alive unless it, we can organize it, we can put the committee together, we can have all our T's crossed and our I's dotted. But honey, what we need is the breath because it's the breath that gives life and it's that life that gets returned back to God. Through praise. Someone say amen. My purpose here this evening in just a few moments that we've been up here is this, is to show us as a congregation how a praiseless people is no different than an inanimate idol that God detests. Everyone say amen. Genesis 2. Breathe the breath. And to Adam becomes a living soul. He can take that living soul, put him in the garden, command him to do some things. Because there's life in him. And he gave it to him. Genesis 2. By the time we get to Genesis 6, 7, 8. God tells Noah, everything that has the breath of life in it, I'm going to destroy. Except for you, and your family, you've been righteous in my sight. He said, but everything else, I'm going to destroy. Why? Violence has filled the earth. Why? Because there's evil only continually in their heart. Why? Because though I put breath in them, there's nothing that's coming back to me as though they have any. Have by and large a nation that I gave breath to that has no means of illustrating that back to me. They are acting as though they are without breath. And since they're acting like that, I'm just going to use the same thing that I desired of them as a key to annihilate them. Everything that has breath in it, annihilate except for you, for you Noah and your family because you've been righteous before me <laughs> the Bible says yay I think it's in I think it's in Ecclesiastes that yay even the animals all have one the Bible says one breath oh <laughs> the tiger the lion share the same breath that you have all have the same breath. God is so bent. Let me tell you how God, how much God is bent on let everything that have breath praise the Lord, praise you the Lord. He's so bent on this concept of those that He is endowed with life to reciprocate praise then to Him over what has been given unto them. That when we get to the New Testament, you know the story of the triumphal entry. Of Jesus into the city that the people are standing around saying, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. What are they? Go- Exaltation. They're breathing out praise. They're giving honor to what honor is due. There's some though that gets their, their, their hair on the back of their neck standing up a little bit and saying, why don't you have these to shut up? Why don't you have these to be quiet? God is so adamant about those that have the breath of life that he first instilled in the first man to return it back to him that he said, let me tell you something. If these should hold their peace, I'll cause a rock that has no breath I'll cause a rock that has no features of hands, no features of eyes, no features of noses, has no anatomical features. I'll cause a rock to cry out because I'm so adamant over the people that have the ability to do so, that have instilled them the proper amen things in order to accomplishment to do it, that I'll cause something that absolutely doesn't have it. I'll give it a breath. It can just cry out unto me. Someone say amen. Stand with me tonight. I come to a close. If I praise not the Lord, in many respects, I become. An idol unto myself. An idol unto myself. Because in the breath is the life. The life belongs to God. We depart, the Bible says the spirit will go back to God who gave it. Spirit, wind, breath, go back to God who gave it. The dust will go back to, it'll go back to the earth. here's the thing folks even in death even in death the very thing that God instilled into us and gave us is going to go back to him you know what he's wanting right now every breath that we have on this journey just go on and send it back to him in death it's going to go back to him outside of our will involuntary but what he's looking toward from the day of our birth to the day of that it's required back. Is that we voluntarily give it back. In praise. Someone look at your neighbor and ask them. Are you breathing? There's nothing more frightful to hear than in a crowd. Someone cry out. They're not breathing. Right? I mean that can, that can send panic. Into a building. They're not breathing. Because what are people thinking? If that continues, they're gonna die. Let everything that have bread, praise the Lord. There's sometimes I enter into services. And just like that little moment there was, I'm thinking in my mind, they're not breathing. Yes. All right. Why? It's not because there isn't respiration. But I don't hear anything. And as with the natural, so with the spiritual. If that has a continuance, they're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die. We know where to praise Him in the sanctuary. Huh? We know why we should praise Him according to His excellent greatness for His mighty acts. We know how to praise him. You got 10 strings right here. Uh huh. But ultimately tonight, we need to get in our spirit who should praise him. Someone say that to me. Because God, I don't want you to mistake mistaken me for an idol. I don't want to be mistaken for an idol that has all of the features but doesn't have the life, has all the features but doesn't have the life. And the life is denoted by the praise. Hallelujah. Can we raise our hands all across this place tonight? God, make me a church that is alive. Oh, God, help us to prophesy to the wind. Come from the north. Come from the south. Come from the east. Come from the west. Brother McGee, we need structure. Oh, God spoke through Isaiah, Ezekiel, and said, Before they're even together, I'm telling you, they need some breath. They can be a part of each other. They can have every ten bone and bone and tendon. They can have all of that. But if they don't have breath, they're still dead. Right? right. They don't have breath, they're still dead. You hear me? Oh, my. We're looking for the remains of somebody. You know, it's a horrible accident. We're looking for a remains. Honey, you get all the remains and have it together in a box, but they're still dead if they don't have breath they're still dead if they don't have breath what we need tonight is allow that breath of life, amen, to compress in our lungs, our spiritual lungs and we need that to exit forth from our lips, the Bible says Lord that the fruit of my lips might be acceptable in your sight let that praise bellow out of your mouth let that praise bellow forth because you've had your trial you've had your persecution David had all that and he talked about he talked about being overwhelmed and conquered and driven down but he was going to end the psalm. But I've got breath, I'm still living, I've made it through it. My my feet are still on the opposite side of the grave. And so everything that I have breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Oh, let's lift our hands right now. Can you lift your voice with those hands? Can you echo some praise to the heavens? Can you echo some praise to the heavens? He's commanded you to praise the Lord. He's commanded you to praise the Lord. And he's not commanding you about something he's not equipped you to do. He's not commanding you about something he's not equipped you to do. He's given you the bread. Folks, if it's not good enough in the natural That he's given breath in our bodies. That breath, that spirit, that wind. What happened on the day of Pentecost? When suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty. What? Even before that day, the Bible says he breathed on his disciples. And said, receive ye. The Holy Ghost. You know what Pentecost was? The second wind of Genesis. he caused was the second breath. He gave the first breath to our natural bodies, but he gave the second wind to our spiritual bodies. You ought to have a praise upon your lips because he's given breath to your natural body and your supernatural.